from over the internet and into your MP3 player. This is That Gay Podcast. Thank you, Ben. This is That Gay Podcast for the week ending Friday, April 15th. So we got the whole cast of characters back once again, but we're also joined by Isaiah. Hello, Isaiah. Hi, guys. How you doing? You're I'm doing, doing well. well. I can't Talking speak to those fools. <laughs> <laughs> we can't speak for ourselves either, apparently. Obviously so, not. So, uh, so um, where, where, are you, uh, where are you joining us from? Uh, East Harlem, New York City. No, actually, uh, Isaiah was up in your neck of the woods this last week. I was um, on vacation visiting some friends, uh, saw my favorite soccer team play New York, and uh, we won. Yay. Um, KC. Ugh. What was Excuse the you? uh? Sorry. I, <laughs> Excuse I, 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 you? I also live in a soccer city. Which city do you live in? Portland, Oregon. Okay, I went there for the first time Our- last summer. Um, I had a friend who had a house up there, and a friend of mine invited him, and so we all kind of had like a, a little group hangout for a long weekend. It was it was cute, and it was funny. I forgot what bar it was, and we were just like, let's go in for a night. We walked in, and it was like accidentally leather night, and you know, it was just it was it was fun. We was don't like, you love, don't you love accidental leather? It was nights? like accidental leather night in Portland, Maine, and you know, it <laughs> oh, was well, no, no, Portland, Maine or Portland, Oregon. I went to Portland, Maine. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm in. I'm in the other Portland. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah, we brought you on here. Um, you were telling us uh, via Facebook about an interaction you had with somebody that was that did not sit very well with you, and uh, we uh, tell us all about that. Um, so uh, it actually started because I was um, visiting a really good friend of mine uh, in Savannah this past weekend. And, uh, you know, he's, he's older, but, you know, I've known each other for years. I actually met him through my ex-boyfriend and we continue to stay friends afterwards. Um, and so we were posting pictures and things like that. And, um, you know, one of my acquaintances that I met when I was out messaged me directly on Facebook and, you know, asked, you know, what is it with you and these older guys? And at first, you know, I just wanted to know what he kind of meant with that and, so I was asking questions like, what do you mean? Like, what do you consider that? And he was just like, oh, older guys are disgusting. And every single older guy that I've ever tried to be friendly with has tried to rape me. And it's just like, wait, what are you talking about? And oh. so he had this gross, um, you know, assumption about all older guys or a belief, if you will. But it was so vehement and so committed to standing that way that he was unmoved by anything that I was trying to talk to him about. And you know, I try to keep a very, you know, eclectic social circle. So I have a number of older guys that I'm friends with and, you know, not for a sexual reason other than just, you know, friendship. Um, and, uh, it was just very, very surprising and a little disconcerting how adamant he was that older guys and younger guys should not be interacting in any way. And so it eventually came to the point where I was just like, I, I actually don't want like to be connected to you anymore like after it was probably about 20 minutes of just talking and trying to get him to see like not all older guys are like that even if you did have bad experience with older guys in your life before and he just wasn't having it and I was just like all right well I wish you well you know good luck and uh I just blocked him because it was just it was so it came across to me so offensive and so I took to Facebook and wrote that status and it was just a a, a basic rant of just you know, hey, I just removed somebody and because of this. And I've seen a number of examples now. This was the most intense one, but there's been tons of examples as far as like everything from, you know, people making comments to 
you know, last summer at Fire Island where if you were under 27, you got into the pool party for free. But if you were over 45, you had to pay $20. And it was just like, it's it's not just a personal opinion. It's actually a facilitated idea by certain sects of the community. And I think it's detrimental to not only the older generation, but the younger ones who will consequentially be the older generation one day. And they're going to have to face that as well if it's not quelled now. I absolutely agree. This is something I've kind of had a lot of time to think about. Just a little bit of background. My partner and I have an age gap of approximately 23 years. So I've had to deal with the whole age difference thing. I like to believe I'm pretty open-minded on things. So like when we were talking, it never even came up our ages. So we just kind of connected. When he and I started, it came up very quickly. He was, we pointed out our ages and I'm like, oh crap. You're exactly what I wasn't going for. I wasn't trying to date someone older than my dad. It took me probably about a month or two to actually process what that meant. As cliche as it's going to sound, in my head, age is just a number. Because the experiences you have and the history that you create are what make you the person you are. Absolutely agree. I could have met someone his age who has half the life experience I do, which... That'd be kind of sad, but it, it happens. In my mind, the people who are just like, oh, that guy's old. I can't, I can't do, I can't deal with that. It hits me as crude and just completely inappropriate because there's so much that people can teach us. I mean, look at this podcast. We have a pretty decent range of age. And if I held on to that mentality, I mean, first off, I would never have met anybody here. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're not that much older than you <laughs> yeah jeez <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying like Jeff and I wouldn't have watched RuPaul's Drag Race together It's that's true like holding on to that mentality not only divides the community but it restricts our it restricts our mindset because if I were to only associate with people my age and just be so turned away from people older than me I would have literally no idea about gay history because a lot of people my age, at least in my experience, don't have a lot of knowledge in it. I would have very limited experiences or a very limited catalog of experiences as far as dating people or the coming out experience or things like that, that I have because of the range of people I talk to. Well, I think this, I think this is, it goes beyond like the gay community. I mean, obviously I think it is definitely prevalent in the gay community because yeah, you know, we have the the additional, you know, the, the the ageism equation. But I mean, if we take this all the way back to like high school, like if you look, if you remember being like a freshman in high school and like hanging out with like a senior in high school, like that's just a four year age difference. Like you know, at, at our age now, that seems like nothing. But when you're in high school, like if you're hanging out with a senior and you're a freshman, that's a big deal. You know, you're hanging out with a senior. That's like, whoa, man. He's like a big grown-up, and he's like really cool and shit. I remember being in college and making my first friend who was over 30, and that was like a big deal to me. Wow, I'm hanging out with somebody who's over 30. This is like a first. This is like a milestone. I've had I've had a number of relationships, um, you know, among my two serious ones. One, there was a 16-year age difference, and the other one, there was only three. So I've had both sides, and both sides can work, and there are pros and cons to both, but you sh- I don't think anyone should completely close themselves off just for that factor alone at all. Well, and I think a lot of um, people in their 20s, and I'm going to generalize here, so I apologize for that, but um, there's a lot of them who, you know, the ones who put on their profiles on dating sites or on Grindr or whatever, nobody over 30, don't really understand that just because they're 30 doesn't mean, what's the word I'm looking for? That they're better. That they're better or worse for that matter, you know? 
I, you know, there's there's the argument of attraction where it's just like you know oh you know this is what I like I like younger you know and that's fine but it's I think it goes beyond just the attraction of just the general treatment towards that age group where it's just like no okay fine I won't date you but we can hang out we can get a drink we can talk it's the ones that are exactly. just like, no I don't want to associate them at all because they're outside my age group they're weird or whatever and it actually sometimes goes the other way like you know ageism where like there are older guys are just like no there's nothing these little kids could offer me no there's nothing these little that I you're, want you know you're just it's, a bunch of twinks dancing around in the club right, getting exactly. drunk yeah. yeah so it definitely goes the other way as well I think it's a it's a broad spectrum community issue not just younger guys doing it to older guys can you talk more about the actual conversation you had with this person i'm kind of curious like the actual like nature of this it was you know and you know it came it kind of i i tried to dig a little bit deeper because you know i knew this person i had talked to them before we weren't you know strangers um you know and he said it's just like oh you know there's you know every single older guy that i've tried to meet has gone bad they've tried to like rape me and i was just like well like Def- like and, and I, that's a very sensitive subject because people respond differently to different things. And you know, I wasn't there. Sure. I can't say whether or not it was actual, you know, an actual attempt to rape him or not. Yeah. But it was just like, okay, well, you know, how many interactions have you had? You know, you're basing an entire population off of a, you know, at the most a handful of experiences. And it could have been the region you were in. It could have been the pants you were wearing. Like it, it could have been a, anything among those factors. To yes, am I to say that there aren't older guys that are you know kind of predatory and hold that reaction that you know a younger guy is just you know something to conquer? Absolutely, but to say that the majority or even you know I would even say even half are like that is is assumptive, and anytime you do that, it's it's most likely wrong. I'd say not even but, half. I'd say that that's a, such exactly. a slim. Yeah, yeah. That's a, such a I, slim I number. It. Finally, asked the question. I'm just like, okay, well, what do you? consider to be old and he said 35 and over and i was just like and what happens when you're 35 and he was just like well then i guess it's all over and i was like wow okay that's that's like disappointing infuriating like saddening i didn't you know can i ask how old he is now 22 that that absolutely breaks my heart right and And i mean that's why i stopped to try and help but you know some people just some it just wasn't having it and like I think the one thing that gives me solace with your friends, like I, I thinking about who I was as a person at his age, and keep in mind that was only three years ago for me. I'm a completely different person now, three years later. So I mean, people are always changing, and your experiences are evolving. And so that 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 gives me hope that like, I mean, I, I know how much I've changed in three years. Hopefully, in a shorter time, he'll be able to change and sort of reflect on that and gain some perspective. I agree with you, yeah. And, you know, I don't wish him any ill. I hope that he does gain perspective and, you know, mature and grow. I just, clearly, I'm not the one to help him do that. (laughs) (laughs) I have a few questions, if I may. Sure. I have very much enjoyed listening to people who are under 40 talk about age. Um, (laughs) I was waiting for Jeff to pipe in this whole time. And to tell you something about me, Isaiah, in two months I turned 49. Wow. I have a few questions. Yes, and I'm still alive, believe it or not. <laughs> I have a couple of questions. The game has not happened. Um, how, how did you come to meet this person or have them in your social circle? Um, it was, you know, I, I maintain a, a healthy, you know, nightlife. And it was just a person that I, I had met and saw a few times out. And, you know, he seemed cool and reasonable enough. And he was, you know, we had... So a few similar interests that we would talk about. And so when I would see him out, I would say hi and, you know, a casual Facebook friend. 
So it was actually so just a dude, a dude in the club, a dude right, exactly. from the club. So that's basically. why I was extra surprised when he just you know reached out like on a you know private level and was just like, "Hey, what's up with you and the old guys?" It was it, it caught me off guard, honestly, and I had yeah. no reason to dislike him before. So I was just kind of like, "Well, let's see if we can talk through this." And I feel horrible that he has apparently had the experiences that he's had with older people. Oh, I, think, I do too. And and I think we can I, all. I think we can all kind of get a sense of. The sort of person he might be talking about, and it's, yeah. And, yeah, and you know, it's, and unfortunately, those people are are often part of the community as well. And I, I, I would just, and I think your heart's in the right place. And I, and I, you know, I very much appreciate this. Certainly, this program being uh, a pretty safe space for old people. But I, I would just offer. Um, this sounds like a guy who needs more friends, not fewer. Yeah, and I think. You're obviously welcome to have in your social circle whomever you like, and and you say that you have an eclectic mix of friends, and and I think that's I think that's easy to do in New York, and I think you're fortunate to have that, and it's good that you have that. Um, but I, I would just my one thought as I sit here thinking about this dude and how incredibly sad his life must be um, to cut off a whole group of people. I, I think. There, there could for, you know, at some point, hopefully some person will say, oh, you know, you should come out to, you, know, you should come out and meet a few of my friends for coffee. And, you know, it ends up being older guys and, you know, you'll get, you know, it sounds like he only knows people, knows older people who, you know, see him in bars and try to pick him up and it doesn't go very well. Right, exactly. Uh, and that's why he when needs, first- he needs better, he needs better and healthier experiences. And, you seem like the person who could be suited to do that, but um, in your absence, uh, which is his loss, um, hopefully somebody else will do that. You know, and that's why I took the time to try and be like, let's talk about this, you you know, and figure out where this was. But there was just such a wall there where it, he wasn't just saying no. He was, you know, saying a lot of, you know, derogatory, disrespectful things. And I, I wasn't personally offended, but I have a number of friends who are 35 and way over and, you know, I started thinking about them and feeling for them and just like, no, like, I understand, like, trying to help someone, but there comes a point where someone, you know, you can't, you can't refuse some, you can't help someone who refuses to be helped, you know, and. Well, to, cut, well to kind of bounce off on Jeff there, I mean, I would say be open to, you know, that if he does, you know, come back, you know. In oh, but yeah. days and weeks, no, hey. no if he came up to me and said, "Hey, you know, I really regret our conversation. Would I com- would I ignore him? Absolutely not." You know, it was just one of those things where you know you have to pick your battles, and you know, some sometimes it's just like you have to let someone learn, you know, on their own. And I, I, if I thought that it was like if it was something that was detrimental to his life or his health or something like that, fine. But you know, people are going to have, um, you know discriminatory opinions whether you like it or not and you can try and help them or you know life will eventually teach them the hard way but i just uh, i i just i got the very strong feeling after listening to you talk and reading your um monologue on your facebook page i started i really did get the feeling that this guy probably has been a victim of sexual assault and and i hope that he's i hope that he's that he's getting help for that because that's 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 a mind fog, and that was one of the other things uh, I encouraged. Really, I was like, you and know, it can really affect it can really affect how you see everybody, Absolutely. and particularly how you see yourself. 
again, the sensitivity was definitely, and that was one of the things. It was like, we talked to people about this, blah, blah, blah. And he said, yeah, I have and stuff. So like, again, it's a sense of, especially when you don't really know someone that well. like, if this was one of my best friends, I probably would have gone a lot differently but because there was a, a distance of, you know, closeness and intimacy with knowing all the details or being, you know, a little bit more on par with what it is that they went through. You know, you deal with a super, you know, at a surface value, but I completely agree with your saying. And, you know, I don't, I don't wish him any ill will. And if, again, if I were to see him out or anything like that, I wouldn't snub him. If he came up to me and wanted to talk, I wouldn't, you know, completely ignore him. Literally, when I posted this post, I was very angry. You know, I tried to avoid... Yeah, I didn't get that at all when I read it. Yeah, Right. (laughs) I tried to avoid that. It it wasn't supposed to be anger. It was supposed to be like, you know what? This is an issue. This is a problem. And we need to talk about it. Because I was. I was very angry. And I avoided from calling him out or calling him names or or saying anything like that other than just saying that his mindset was you know not where it should be you know so at the same time of a a high emotional you know stake i wanted to you know not only still protect his privacy but you know have a a level of compassion realizing that a lot of people go through this and it can be fixed if we just open up the conversation and are honest with it and actually you know, open ourselves to make a friend who we wouldn't make before or talk to someone who wouldn't talk to, you know, normally and, you know, take a chance. You'd be surprised what happens when you do something you've never done before. All right. It's time for us to talk about the most recent episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. And Chris, I know you have opinions about this. I have lots of opinions, but <laughs> um, to begin with, I'm just going to say I'm super excited that they did a Wizard of Oz challenge, and oh I'm letting God. my inner Kansan pride come out, yeah, but I am absolutely. so pumped about it. Begin with the queens breezing by the whole oh, topic yeah. of Acid Betty. Like, okay, whatever. And then clean we the, go... Clean the mirror, let's move on. Basically. And then we get to move pretty quickly into one of the best mini-challenges, because girl, the library is open. Yeah, <laughs> because it's open. <laughs> because reading is what fundamental. fundamental. That's right. So, I will say probably some of my favorite reads, or my two favorites, were from Kimchi and Bob the Drag Queen. Kimchi's was to Miss Naomi Smalls, saying that her wardrobe reminds us of a famous <laughs> RuPaul queen. Nicole Page Brooks. <laughs> I lost my shit on that one. That was perfect. And then Bob going to Robbie Turner about how Robbie Turner. Um, Robbie's, Robbie's teeth reminds him of a classic movie, Flipper. Flipper. <laughs> that those two sold me for the week, hundred percent. My favorite was actually I liked I liked Chi Chi's when she told Bob she's like you may live in New York but those feet are still from Mississippi. <laughs> that, that was fun. I left. <laughs> so once we get through that, then we move on to the Maxi Challenge, and it's and this is another one along with Snatch Game that really does kind of divide the queens from the men, if you will. It shows gonna, it shows you who's going to manage their time and who's going to make it. Exactly. Right. Yeah, quite so. So in and the so in the in the grand tradition of bringing in, you know, uh, hot gay military people or uh, dads or whatever, we get little people. We get the cast of some reality show I've never heard of. Little Women uh, LA. Women LA. I've seen Has anyone ever actually watched that thing? No, no I've seen the commercial no. though. 
probably got more viewers as a crossover with Drag Race than, sure. than on their actual show. Which, which is saying something, because for yeah. as niche of an audience that Drag Race has. Yeah. So the, the challenge is that everybody, all the queens, uh, wind up uh, getting paired up with one of the contestants from the other show, or one of the uh, stars of the other show, and they have to make themselves and their partner over into a character from, and uh, Rue was very careful to point this out, from L. Frank Baum's The Wizard of Oz book, not the Judy Garland movie, not the Stephen Schwartz musical, right. not not The Wiz, not the NBC Live adaptation of The Wiz, <laughs> yeah. uh, but like the actual like, canon, like the actual book, which I thought was actually a really great idea. And that, that kind of forces you to realize who knows their history and who doesn't. The pairings I actually thought were really good, um, mm-hmm. except for Bob's. Bob's seemed a little bit out of place. Of course, they're starting their their makeovers, they're starting their planning, and everybody's all excited. And Rue comes in with the most peculiar plot twist. Like, she, with the makeover challenge, she normally comes through and says, okay, you're going to do this. To kind of relate it back, some physical activity to relate it back to the theme of the episode. But I never expected an interpretive dance. <laughs> yeah, wow. That Neither came, did Kimchi. Yeah. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's, Kimchi had this sold until the freaking dance rolled in. And then I'm like, oh girl, please, no. You were going to win this. You had everything playing for you. And we I were think, all rooting for you. How dare you? <laughs> and we start going through everything, and everybody's starting to look really strong. Naomi's confused about what an interpretive dance is. Chi-Chi's making fun of her for it. And then we get towards the runway, where Bob's outfit falls apart, if I remember correctly. And then by the time everything's said and done for her makeover, she has like 20 minutes to do her makeup. And I'm like, oh, girl. Bob, no, don't, don't do this. Don't do this to yourself. You were doing so well. Don't do it. We get to the runway and they get this really fierce walk. And I can't believe the little women like, no, like contrasted with the drag queens who are typical guys. Like, I don't think we have a short queen left. It's like, wow, it looks like a normal sized person walking with a beauty doll, basically. And I'm like, this is kind of cool. Because yeah. normally they get, like, guys who are about their height, so the contrast isn't quite as sharp. Uh-huh. And I'm like, this is really cool. And I'm going to give a quick applause to Chi-Chi for not wearing ruby fucking slippers in the book challenge. Because they're not read in the book, and anybody who tries to tell me that, I'm going to bitch slap and tell them to learn their history. <laughs> yeah, because they are silver. Yeah, they're silver. It's a representation. It's... It's the only thing I remember from my Kansas history class in eighth grade. It's one of the few Kansas-related books. And so it, it had its place, and it was part of the Great Depression chapter, where we also did the Grapes of Wrath. Yeah. So wait, wait, when is the Grapes of Wrath challenge? No, not the Grapes of Wrath challenge. <laughs> That'll be my wine, Grapes of Wrath. Um, all the runway looks, I actually thought were pretty good. The bottom three deserved to be in the bottom three. Chi-Chi's look was... Interesting. Derek, dear God. What the hell was that? And Derek really only knows one thing, which is, yeah, 101 uses for a dead unitard. Ready box. (laughs) I will say, but breaking out of the box, Miss Naomi. Girl, that was fierce. Yeah, no, she looked fantastic. Her makeup was on point. 
And her makeover was cute as fuck. I lived for that runway. And I, I remember watching the previews and seeing Kim Chi. And I'm like, I know what was coming with that. Yeah. But Naomi deserved that win. Like yeah. as yeah, much yeah, as yeah. I want, yeah. as much as I yeah. want to give it to Kim, Naomi deserved that. And Thorgy, Thorgy keeps like breezing through at the moment. I'm starting to forget you're there. Yeah. And I like you. You were one of my favorite queens at the start, and I'm starting to lose track of you, and that's not good. When she thinks she is a standout, and you think about the Snatch Game Challenge, well, darn it, somebody else comes along, and they're standing out even more. You mean Bob? She does one character, Bob does two! (laughs) (laughs) She and Bob are going to seriously, like, cut each other with those with their fake nails on, they're just going to go at it and tear each other to shreds by the end of this, I swear. The hand puppet mini challenge coming in a couple of episodes, they're oh, just going to beat each other. <laughs> because everybody loves puppets. Right. <laughs> Damn right. When we get to the deliberations, I will say one moment in it completely gagged me. They were talking about Derek and mm-hmm. how Derek is stuck as Brittany. And then Rue actually called Derek Brittany. Yes, oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. He said Brittany's funny. getting frustrated and Michelle clocked it right away. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah. girl. And I'm like, well, that says a lot about where Derek is right now, I guess. Pretty much, yeah. Completely and, unmemorable as anything other than, Brit- other than Britney yeah. Spears, but incredibly willing to throw shade at virtually every other person walking. I mean, if you when looked at has Huck, no, I think she was she was ready to read the stagehands, I felt like, after she a has while. no room to be reading shit with that Any, with that yeah. disgusting unitard she wore this time yeah. no and uh, whatever those were on her shoulders i mean the horse penises the horse penises <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so we get to our bottom two and i actually disagreed with who should have been in the bottom really derek deserved it 100 yeah. percent. you would have put chi chi there instead of robbie Center. i i would have sent chi chi there to send derek home if I'm totally honest, I kind of disagree now. because I I feel like Robbie's been given like all these second chances. He has. He's gotten a and lot of second chances. I'm with you, Matt. I was I was kind of over Robbie's play at this point. Right, and honestly, that thing looked like something that a second grader would have put together. Yeah, because it was. Didn't they just have like a wig on the front or something? Well, they yeah, they pinned a wig like, on this shoulder. Chi-Chi did a first job in the first episode looking like a lion than he did in this one. It looked like he was a, <laughs> it looked like he was a reject from the cast of Cats, you know? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Either way, I'm sticking by my opinion. I I still think Chi-Chi should have sent Rob or should have sent Derek packing. Yeah. I wanted them but both to go home, but you know. It it was a good lip sync and um and Derek did turn it out and his reaction at the end of it I'm like okay you're showing something but I'm still not really feeling you yet and the funniest moment in her like I'm safe speech was can I go back can I go back to the stage <laughs> can I leave please? the stage now alrighty uh, wrapping up with obsessions this week Brian let's start you off what are you obsessed about this week unbreakable they're alive damn it yeah. It's a miracle, unbreakable. These females are strong. At yeah, nobody, anybody. Unbreakable. Unbreakable. Kimmy Schmidt oh, season I'm, two is on Netflix. Oh, okay. And uh, that's what I'll be doing this weekend. Yay, uh, Chris. What are you up? 
uh, obsessed about this week. Okay, so I enjoy my fair sh- my fair number of video games, and this week I found a game that is called Enter the Gungeon. It's this adorable little game. It's like a 16-bit, and you go and explore these dungeons to try and find a gun that can kill the past. It's quirky, it understands what it is, <laughs> and it makes all of the references ever. Like, I've picked up a proton pack from... Um, Ghostbusters in this game and it's just it I think it's absolutely fantastic I think it's on Steam for like $12 right now and I highly recommend it it's it is a lot of fun <laughs> all right uh, Matt what are you obsessed about this week so I woke up this morning kind of in a funk and then I listened to the radio this morning and got the news that Pink has a new song out. Oh, oh yeah. That's right. It is and? amazing. It, it's called Just Like Fire. Just Like Fire. Turn it up away. It, it's it is so brilliant. funny. We were, I was out at my local the other day or the other night with some friends of mine and we, the one of the conversations in the room actually was, hey, what happened to Pink? We haven't heard from her in a while. The song is awesome. I've heard it about four or five times on different radio stations and it's. I think this is going to be a good hit. Wow. Um, well, speaking, staying on the music theme, I'll go ahead and go next. Um, when I was in New York this last week, I saw a taping of NPR's Ask Me Another, which is a quiz show. Oh, I love that show. It is so much fun. I just started listening to it because um, they always promo it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Mm-hmm. And I finally downloaded it. It's so good. Um, and Jonathan Colton is their musician. And uh, before the show, he played a song called The First of May. And, uh, you know, I mean, it is, it is the end of winter, spring is here, and the first of May is coming up, right? So, yeah, so first of May is coming up, so I think we all know what we'll be doing then. <laughs> Jeff, what are you obsessed with I this wish. week? <laughs> I'm sitting uh, at my office, in my office uh, this week, minding my own business as I am wont to do, when all of a sudden an email appears in my inbox. Jake Arietta, new spokesman for Saks Underwear. Jake Arietta is a pitcher for the Chicago Cubs of the National League in Major League Baseball. Uh, Saks video, for those of you Googling at home, is with two X's. And I saw the pictures and could not breathe. Nicely, nicely fuzzy, nicely bearded, not totally ripped, but yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And also a Cy Young winner to boot, so. Uh, Isaiah, what are you obsessed with this week? Um, so I, uh, I like keeping up with, like, new cool stuff that's going on in nightlife, and I read an article about, uh, announcing this party that this, um, party company called Rinse is throwing. They're resurrecting the club from Saturday Night Fever complete with that like light up moving dance floor. Oh my uh, gosh. Yeah, so they're doing a pop-up club in Bay Ridge and they're doing it for <coughs> three weekends and um, I'm going to the one on Saturday and I'm writing an article about it because that sounds really, really awesome. Oh so, my god. I'm obsessed with this week. <laughs> So are you dressing oh. up in the full disco leisure suit? Well, or? and that's the thing. Like, it's like it's like supposed to be like a modern club. Just they're doing the exact club because you know I was like 2001 Odyssey. They're calling it 3001 Odyssey. So it's like you know it's cool. So it's like it starts at 11. It goes till four. First hours like open bar. The tickets are only like 10 bucks. 
but it's it's oh, just wow. like a pop. Yeah, and like. Uh, well, Isaiah, thank you for uh, coming by to talk to us, and uh, I hope you have fun at the party too. This was a great discussion we had this week. Yeah, it was. Thank you so much for having me, guys. This was awesome. And in the meantime, comments at That Gay Podcast is how you get a hold of us. Uh, you can search for us on Facebook and Twitter at That Gay Podcast. Uh, you want to do this next week, boys? Yeah, I guess. Sure. Sure. <laughs> All righty. Until then, take care. Bye. Deuces. Bye. This is Ben Patrick Johnson for That Gay Podcast, a presentation of Attuned Productions. I keep waiting for Welshans to introduce himself after Troy. Hashtag waiting for Welshans. Hashtag waiting for Welshans. This is where we wait for Matt. <laughs> <laughs>